Hello everyone, I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week we talk to Philly-based bummer rock band Booze Radley. While the band seems to have varying tastes in terms of activity, Dylan and Alex agree that DDR Mario Mix is the superior version. Most of the band has known each other for most of their lives, participating in several other projects separately, so it was only a matter of time before they started one together. Their recent EP, Lose Badly, was meant to experiment with their already established sound, including a variety of different genres. The band is working on their next LP with a few different ideas about the direction of the sound. Without further ado, Crash and Burn by Booze Radley.
Alex and Dylan of Booze Radley. Thank you guys so much for being on with us tonight. So I think the first thing that we wanted to just talk a little bit about is that. What do you guys like to do outside of music? What are some hobbies, some things that you're passionate about? Maybe something that's just kind of there that you enjoy doing from time to time. Uh, I'll let Dylan go first on that one because Dylan's tastes are always evolving and mine stops somewhere around 16 or 17. Mm. Um, I don't know. Lately, I've been... Enjoying the warm weather, walking my dog a lot, um, going on hikes in the Wissahickon. I've been uh, starting to run again. I used to do like cross country and track in school. So um, doing some trail running, uh, trying to get my dog's stamina back up, but he's a little old to keep up sometimes. So um, I play a lot of pick up basketball at the YMCA that's like a block away from me. I've recently started pirating Nintendo games. Um, and we're dead. We're dead. Yeah, we're dead. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know if I'm you the can next, say that. You might I'm get... the next Gary Bowser. So lock me up and take away 30% of my wages for the rest of my life. That's um, Dylan Mario right there. Dude. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to recently. Uh, I just got an e-amusement pass, which is like a like a card that Konami sells um, so that you can save your DDR high scores at the arcade machine. So I've been going to round one a good amount and um, trying to get good at DDR again, like it's the mid-2000s, like the elder emo that I am. Yeah. That's so good. That's crazy. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I honestly didn't even know Konami made DDR. Oh, yeah. So I feel wild. like DDR is so much harder than people think it is. Because it's like, oh, how hard could it be stepping on four tiles? But it like that is a rapid succession of like movement that you have to do. Yeah, so, like, you should see some of the people. Like um, one of my friends is in a Discord for like people who go to the arcade like all day and they bring like their own sweat towels and like they plan out like oh well i'm gonna be going from like this time to this time so if you really want to get a lot of play in like you might want to go before or after me and they kind of like set up like ad hoc schedules in the discord um that's their gym yeah yeah really like me and my friend uh we say hey do you want to go to the gym because they don't like they don't uh, like to go to actual gyms. So it's like bike rides or like go to the mall and play DDR, like the, the kind of exercise that they like to do. No, when that, you say it's more than yeah, I do, going and playing DDR, my first thought <laughs> is have you ever seen um, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen with Lindsay Lohan and Megan Fox? Because there was I mean, this whole scene where they like just do years. a like DDR like spinoff competition and it's like this big scene in the movie so anytime i hear dr i think of that so that's exactly what i'm imagining like you guys are doing uh i i think like maybe probably around like uh geez what would it have been like 2003 maybe when uh ddr mario mix came out for the gamecube that was oh five like oh five wow yeah. i'm way off uh dylan and i played that at my dad's third floor apartment quite a lot <laughs> Had some pretty good Mario remixes for sure. 
So was Mario the only DDR that you got into, or are you still? No, I played uh, Mega Mix DDR two. I had some friends at a at a uh, away high, at a different high school than Dylan's that were uh, into DDR and Guilty Gear, and that was it. So that's just what we played. I'm not as good as Dylan different. for sure. But... Yeah, I mean the rhythm games, right? You know. <laughs> Guess you. I guess you can. I guess any so. good. Any That's, good fighting game. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give you that. Um. Yeah. So out, outside of uh, DDR, what are what are your sort of interests and such? Uh, like animal husbandry, fletching. Um. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I. So I work in IT, but only because I got hooked on screwing around with computers when I was in, like, the single digits. Um, I'll be 32 next month. I got my first computer in, like, 1997 or so, and I never went to school for anything computer-related, but I'm 10 years into doing IT as a profession. Well, I guess I'm probably, like, more than that now. But uh, so just, like, tinkering with crap is, like, I have, like old Soviet electronics that I mess around with. Um, I try to fix things around the apartment to impress my girlfriends, like a washing machine or dishwasher or whatever. I bike a lot. Uh, I've been skateboarding since also like 1998 or so, whenever Tony Hawk 2 came out. Um, But occasionally a, a little known hobby of mine uh i do work on some experimental video art with a former temple professor from time to time and if i'm really desperate for something to do that's not uh that doesn't run on electricity then i'll sketch in my sketch that's about it that's pretty much it honestly I can... that's pretty much it he says after listing yeah. like 20 separate <laughs> instances of different things you do um also 20 years of adhd diagnosis so you know whatever comes along (laughs) whatever wikipedia article that's my hobby for the day you know with the tinkering and such and messing with electronics and all um is that is that uh why you're now pirating games over here are we are we helping each other do that learning (laughs) how to I got my girlfriend. <laughs> I got my girlfriend a Steam Deck for uh, Christmas, and we got. It took me a little bit of effort, but we got Hyrule Warriors and uh, Wind Waker HD for the Wii U set up on it and running. Uh, but right now, I'm deep in the, the Tears of the Kingdom here, so we used to do uh, interviews on Twitch and stuff with games involved. So I also have done a bit of net play emulation as well. But I also, like, I have an Arduino. I've screwed on with, like, soldering stuff just to see if I can get LEDs to do different things. Our other bandmate, Vince, tinkers around with, like, custom pedal building and things a little bit more advanced than even I do. So we just, like, you know, there's, like, kids with Legos or something. A lot of levels of tech involvement in this band it seems i mean we're a bunch of nerds at least our our drummer (laughs) our drummer doesn't even have internet in his house so it varies you know the mileage may vary (laughs) 
does he participate in the internet at all? Yeah, but not really publicly. Fair enough. For, Honestly, he- for, for health, the best. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably wise. Yeah. Um, so you two at least have known each other for quite some time. I mean, seems. everybody in the band has known each other for at least 15 years, I'd say. Um, we all grew up in like the Lehigh Valley area. Um, Me and Vince have 30 years as friends this year, so that'll be cool. Little babies. My mom and his mom are friends, so I guess if that that counts, you know. I, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think so. And you guys babies been... playing video. And you guys have been making music together since 2013, so you know, 10 years of Booze Radley. Tell us how you guys got started playing music and how that uh, evolved into the band. So I got started playing music. My grandma was like an incredible pianist and violinist um, and pretty good guitarist too. She like like learned playing for like her church choir and then like spent a summer like learning from the Von Trapp family. Um, so when I was eight years old, she taught me how to play piano and read music and gave me like vocal lessons. And then my older sister like went to like a choir college and she's like six years older than me. So she would always like help me with like chorale auditions or like musical auditions and stuff like that. Um, so like my first band after uh, School of Rock came out, me and some friends started a band uh, in middle school called Threat Level Red. Um, I was just reminded that that band was originally called Al. Alveolus. Yeah. Bruce Bruce still has the t-shirt you just showed me the other. Yeah, day. yeah, the uh the iron-on transfer t-shirt that I made in like 2005. Extra first, yeah. Yeah, first first is hell shirt for sure. Yeah, so that band like we played like a uh, a talent show at my high school in ninth grade and other than that, I think there was like one like pay to play place like 30 minutes away from us and um my parents' deck and my parents' garage are like the only venue venues we ever played. Um, Chris's garage. Oh, that's true. Yeah, our drummer's <laughs> garage as well. And uh, uh, one time we illegally set up at like a, a public parks band shell. Um, nice. Yep. <laughs> so uh, around that, like the end of my middle school into freshman year of high school band, um, Alex and I had started like the spiritual predecessor to booze radley um i was probably in sophomore or junior year of high school that band was called the manhattan project so like we've definitely been playing together longer than 10 years um the two of us and uh like booze radley formed when he was in college uh, like after his year of study abroad just like that brand new song, yeah. Jude Long is an extra guy. Yeah. That good band that has no problems or implications to think about other ones, doesn't it? Uh, I was really jealous of Dylan's high school band, to be honest, or middle school band, because I was I had just started playing guitar in seventh grade at around like uh, twelve or so. And uh I was like, oh, my friends are all in a band. And I 
like I want to be in a band with them, but they already had everyone that they needed. So I just sat there stewing about it. And eventually me and some other friends, including one of the members of that band, started a ska band. And I was like, take that guys. <laughs> We're the cool guys now. But yeah, it was but even then, like we played uh, a couple battle of bands together in different bands and me and Vince had grown up about a block away from each other. So we would go play guitar either like in his attic or in his backyard or something. I've known the drummer since high school, but like he was in a different band that we would always uh, give him a hard time about. because <laughs> They had a song called Cartoon Punks and it was just really generic. It was very funny, but that's a different, that's a complicated story. But uh, <laughs> And then our bassist, uh, I knew from around that same time because the drummer in Dylan's middle school band was church friends with our bassist at the time. So the only two, well, probably currently the only member with any sense of faith beyond uh, lack of in the band, I would say. So. It's it's very interesting to me uh, the amount of bands and people that I feel like meet and become musicians and start making their own music through like churches. It is a real thing for sure. I wouldn't know. I'm the least musically trained of all of us in the band by like pretty wild margin. Dylan was in like a choir. We both were in choir. Dylan was in chorale, which was like the elite <laughs> branch of choir. Yeah, where we had to do like dumb dances. Yep. <laughs> and like eight part harmonies instead of four. I don't know. It was it was just was like a lot of, of performances for uh like different senior retirement homes. homes and yeah. Stuff. yeah. I was proud of being a bass two. I thought that was cool. I was like Base one, forget it. Base two, I'm at the bottom of the range, so <laughs> So what what made you guys finally decide to do Booze Radley? Because all of these other little projects that seem to have boiled down to what you've been doing for the past ten years. I mean I think weird we've never been asked that before. I think um after high school, you know, that, that kind of marked the end of a lot of our bands because like we were kind of all in different places, uh, for the begin at least the beginning of college. Um, like I had moved to Pittsburgh, Alex, um, had done like his first two years of college still in the Lehigh Valley. It was definitely like a little bit into our college where like Alex said, written about an EP's worth of songs and was like, Hey, like I enjoyed working with you before, like here's some stuff that I've been working on. I don't know if you would want to like collaborate and like help me finish these, uh, like add some bass or backing vocals to them. Um, so that's how I joined Booz Radley. That was probably, yeah, like late 2013 into early 2014. I was in a band with, uh, Actually, for a little bit, uh, with our current drummer in Booz Radley, uh, like my first two years of college or so, 
And that band kind of fizzled out due to what I would call just generic creative differences. Um, so after that, I joined a different band, and that band just kind of went nowhere because it was a lot more of smoking weed and watching Adventure Time than working on music. So then somewhere along those lines, I was just like, hey, let me like see what Dylan's up to in Pittsburgh while I'm in Philly. And I think we even worked on stuff before I went abroad just a little bit, picking it around. Yeah, there were some demos you sent me yeah. in like 2012. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I just, you know, I had already gotten. So funny story, I came back from uh, England for my, you know, abroad semester or whatever. And I, I don't know why, but I needed more electives. So I took music theory one and I was like, I'm probably too sick for this. And I show up and just sit down and across from me is my friend Vince from my hometown that I had you know, known since I was a little kid and played guitar with. And we just did not plan that at all. We were just and sat in seats across from each other by chance. And I mean, I think he ended up getting an A and I got like a C minus or something in that class. So then, I mean, outside of that, the only thing left to find was a drummer at the time. And uh, I just asked the drummer from the band that kind of imploded earlier in my college years if they would be interested in doing something less uh, like creatively restricting. So, and they were like, hell yeah, let's do it. So it sounds That's like how it actually started picking up. It sounds like the That's process like, yeah. have been collaborative, you know, since the beginning. Is that something that's still evident in your songwriting process from, you know, those first demos in 2012 to the most recent release, um, you know, so far? It's been a bit of a point of pain within the band, honestly, because uh, we're not, obviously, we're not doing this for money, so it's like, are we doing it for honor, right? Like, some kind of Klingon sense of honor. But uh, so like the, the writing the song part is like who's expressing themselves the most in this composition or what have you. And like I've always approached things with like, you know, with like a basically communist sense of like it should be the sum of its parts, not, you know, led by one factor within the group. And uh, I found out like late, years later that it's I had been sort of like, uh, corralling it into one space and I think even on our album there was a sense of that still lingering like there were some there's like Dylan gets a song uh Vince gets a song and like I get eight songs or something along those lines although we still wrote parts and fleshed out the rest of it that sense of like uh we're right collaboratively writing it was wasn't is still hard to answer i think um i think there's more of it on the ep but my complaint with the ep on that side would be that it's more like we have a more fair share of the songs so one of the things we've been discussing lately is trying to get in and do the like uh on disappointment island ptng style like we get in a room for a week and write all the songs kind of thing I don't know what would come of that. That's what we used to do in high school, but we had no jobs and nothing else to do. So that's my feeling on it anyway. Yeah. 
no, that's entirely fair. Um, in a creative space, generally speaking, I feel like there's always that sense of like, this is the like artist of, of a piece. So working with five people on like that many songs on that many pieces of art is, is bound to be a little bit complicated in terms of working out who fits in where, I suppose. I remember uh, our, our other guitarist, Vince, um, he's also an audio engineer himself from school, and I went for film, so we had different focuses. But uh, I remember one time him saying something along the lines of, like, this isn't my project, this is me, like, producing your songs or something. And I was like, you, you go into it thinking, like, you're in like heading up some utopian vision and then someone's like it's not that so like check yourself so i mean it but the fact that we've known each other so long lets us have those kind of like painful conversations you know that's maybe one thing that we've benefited from that other bands might not have i think like instrumentally it's always been pretty collaborative but like in terms of like melodies and lyrics uh alex has historically kind of taken the lead and we're kind of trying to more equitably distribute that uh and i think that we did that on the ep to some degree um but like we're still like for years we have been encouraging our bassist yusuf to um like get a laptop get an interface, record some ideas and like, and like, let's demo out some stuff that you've written. Cause he has like hundreds of songs that he's like tapped out on his touch screen of his iPhone's garage band app. And it's like, this might be cool, but like, I really can't tell from this version of it. And, um, so like I made like a pointed effort to have him like come over to my place and at least like record ideas on guitar and bass to a click track so like we kind of i guess like the pandemic really served as like a pivot point for us where like we were able to kind of just reorient our google drive to just be like just throw riffs that you have progressions that you have uh any lyrics you have written just put it in like a pdf in there and like then we can like sift through it all together and like try and Frankenstein stuff out of this. Um, so like the EP was really a product of that kind of approach. And for our next album that we've been working on where we have like, I don't know, probably like four or five, like fully written songs and like 20 or 30 half written ideas. Um, it's, it's going to take some time. For it's sure. going to take some time because we we do still really need to all get in a room and like decide, okay, which of these like half written ideas go with the four or five songs that we have? How do we want to like stick to like a central theme or concept for the next album? Uh, who's going to write the lyrics? Who's going to sing on which tracks? Um, have, I'm running out of lyrics too. That's the thing. Like I'm like, oh, I already wrote that phrase before. Like you know, <laughs> and I remember Jesus. <laughs> so it is tough. Uh, I mean, I've I always had the approach that I was like writing the lyrics to 
to get it the song done. <laughs> the song is cool, but like, what? Are, how do we make it like catchy and memorable? But then, like, you know, our drummer keeps reminding me that I'm becoming formulaic, so it's it's not lost on me either. So, so we try to avoid that. Those songs can be dished out at a later time if they're too formulaic, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's all a process, and you know give people as much time as they need and they're bound to figure some new things out and kind of develop new ideas and stuff. We've talked a little bit about the, the process of the EP and how you guys went about it in like collaborative terms. Uh, just tell us a little bit about the like actual process of it. Maybe like the themes, like the things that you were trying to get across with uh, the most recent EP lose badly. Um, so for me, I mean, the, the only real like concept that we really had with the EP was uh, that all of us agreed on at least and like carried out was we wanted to write just like a bunch of fast songs and, and come out of the pandemic with just like, I don't think any of the songs are beneath like 170 or 180 BPM. Um, and it was just like, everybody's been cooped up when I get out of here and play shows, like I just want to be like yelling and bouncing all around the stage. Um, and so we kind of, I mean, we did a couple that were like, we did like a pop punk song, an emo song, a post hardcore song, uh, a surf rock song and like an eighties DC hardcore song. And then one of them, we like kind of blended like our like pop punk emo sound with like some psych or dad rock thrown in um, and just kind of did like a scattershot of sounds uh, just to kind of be like, hey, we can do multiple sounds and they're all going to be pretty good, we think. And um, we like we can do more than just like your standard pop punk or emo band and um, just kind of like a, a shot across the bow of like a warning shot, like expect anything from us uh, for our next album. And like, w you'll never know what to expect. And that's the way we like it. We write whatever we want to write. Can't wait for booze Radley doing hyper pop. <laughs> Well, I've recently yeah, don't, um, don't count anything out. Uh -oh. <laughs> don't rule it I've out. recently <laughs> been working on a lot of um, I, I've downloaded a bunch of different video game music instruments from Project 2612 uh, that like compiles all the soundtracks of Sega Genesis games. And I also got like all the voice samples that were ever used in Genesis games and have been just programming little creations for fun um so i've been thinking about doing like some like chippy interludes maybe in on the next project my uh so, look out for that mike my, my uh tone ribbons pedal arrives thursday and i've been thinking about running a bunch of classic rock records through that just to get some practice with how to use it but like it's definitely uh a chill wave pedal of sorts. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, we, there's as far as I'm concerned, there's no type of music that I'm afraid of trying to make, uh, or instrument that I'm afraid of trying to incorporate. Our drummer gets a little bit kind of like camera shy about stuff like that because he's like, "Why would you want to do something this poorly executed?" If it's something new that we're not used to, right? Like, I was like, we should do like a Scott, like bridge version of this song that we normally do. And he's like, you, you never practiced that. You just want to do it. And I was like, who cares? Like, Why not? Just have, yeah, have fun. But uh, no, I mean, uh, I was really in the mindset, you know, 2010 to 2016 in Philadelphia was like, like rabid. Uh, seeing ladder climbing like so in that sense I was always trying to make like I'm from Bethlehem I'm from the town that snowing's from I'm here to make the something that's better than what snowing is done in Philadelphia and like all of that amounted to like in my view as someone who's lived here this long not a lot like a lot but not a whole lot like so at that point, you like look around and you're like, well, so what's next? Like, and I was like, oh, maybe we should like do something original. <laughs> so I don't know that we know what that is exactly. Like we definitely have, there's so many things that like stick around from our high school band that I'm like, there must be some like vignette of truth to that that's brought us to that sound or that thing that we do. But other than that, like, we're still searching like everyone else for like what makes us feel like we're expressing ourselves in an authentic and, and, and interesting and fun creative way. So I don't know, but uh, we're not afraid to try anything. We do have members that force restraint on us. And then on top of that, like uh, if we had been, if we had the, I was thinking about this, if we had the means to make, to record a song like we do now, with the, you know, home studios and stuff that we have. When we were in high school, we would have put out like 40 terrible EPs probably, like with like lyrics that are worse than like a Dr. Seuss book probably. So I don't know what would have came of that. But. Nothing, so the, nothing yeah. wrong with both a little bit of experimentation yeah. and a little bit of restraint, you know? <laughs> There's a balance. There's a balance there. For sure. For sure. Um, so in, in terms of music, uh, like you said, you guys are kind of experimenting, you're pushing what you're considering, uh, your band to be in terms of genre, kind of like pulling from a lot of different things. What are some of the things that you're pulling from, uh, in terms of music? Uh, so in the pandemic, I like, I've always been more of like a piano and a bass player so like i had been given like my dad's old classical acoustic in like 2019 so i um bought like a couple of songbooks of like old yes and steve howe guitar songs and have just been like trying to get better at like acoustic style um like classical inspired guitar um so incorporating some of that like classical influence that you'd hear in like 70s progressive rock 
Um, I've also like been getting into like like 2000s like mall emo more than I ever was at the time because I was like I was always like oh that's like rich kid music at the like at the time so I like kind of hated on it and like never even gave it like a fair shot when it was like more popular um I have always really liked hip-hop and like I got like a digital recreation of the 909. Uh, it's like a little Roland boutique TR09. So like wanted to like um, learn how to program like drum machines and like mess around with making beats. So we did a split with that. Yeah, we you did can, a split you where, can go listen where to I it. used some of that. <laughs> um, we did that split with ghost music. So that's up on all the streaming services. Um, that was in like 2020. Um, but that was more just like me learning how to use it. So hopefully anything that I Don't make in the future will yeah. sound better than that. Um, but yeah, so the, those are some of the influences I've been pulling from. Also, when we were like doing writing sessions during the pandemic, like in lockdown, um, Alex and I were listening to like a lot of like 70s and 80s, like hard rock um it was classic uh, rock you know classic rock yeah uh like i had never really given like blue oyster cult a chance but some of those riffs are just just a lot of fun so you hear it so much when you're young that when you view it through the lens of like i guess a quote-unquote adults it, it's kind of like you know you you like certain tastes later in life they go like this shit sucks when you're a little kid <laughs> like I don't, I, there's that but like we both loved Alcorn Trio. We grew up on Rock Against Bush for sure. Um, that's the end track on the EP is like an homage to that era. Um, I'm a huge like Death Cab for Speed. Uh, the Lion, Mineral. Jeez, uh, I was just listening to the first Shins album earlier today. Like, I've got like a soft. Uh, boring side for sure. Um, but I like it. I like, you know, I also like Vince loves listening. Like, he was super into like Metallica and like technical metal when we were kids. And it kind of evolved into him being into like whatever Fall of Troy is. I don't know. Like progressive metal. Something along He listens to like a lot of like math rock too. Um, and like, drummer loves like one jazz of too much, in my opinion. Our bassist loves uh, loves reggae. reggae. We're we're so. we're eclectic, but I think we all have like a root of like, you know, I what what when I think of what brought me to be committed to music as an interest and a pursuit was like Dookie on cassette, Nevermind on cassette, and. Uh, the uh, Tom Mark and Travis. Those three things set me on an irreversible course towards music, uh, which if I could see them for that, I would, you know? So I <laughs> uh, and I think that's fairly true for everyone in the band. I think that's, those are all hallmarks of what got them into music. Yeah, I mean, definitely like 
when we had all met each other, probably the uh, the intersection of all of our tastes at that time was like was like pop punk kind of stuff or like grunge, some emo. Yeah. Anti flag so American idiot at the same time. You have like you have yeah. like pop punk protest punk and then real protest punk. Like, and then beyond that you have like actual hardcore. So it was all in that same time period when we we're like, oh you can anyone can just play one of these things. <laughs> like, so so there's a lot of, you know, musical inspirations that feed into the music you guys are making and which is super evident in, you know, this latest release of um, different genres, but still having that cohesive kind of uh, sound that is Booze Radley. Moving into this new album that you're writing, you said like songs were finished. You have songs that are half finished. Or is it still going to be this similar vibe of different genres kind of melding to find that? booze radley sound or is it an extension of this you know ep in the way of um you know kind of experimenting a little bit further i don't have a great answer for that and i wish that i did like i really do yeah <laughs> we've uh we're like still trying to figure it out i think that's like, a great answer because there's you know <laughs> there's so much time there's so much music to be you know explored we wanted this out. We weren't even thinking about doing an EP, uh, but then the album got so far out of scope that we're like, let's give people something to remind them that we're alive. But I mean, we might even have a second EP before we get to the end of this album. Uh, uh, don't say that. <laughs> I said, I said, maybe I said, maybe like, no, but like also we, I was like, let's just do a double LP. And Dylan was like, I hate you. That's terrible. <laughs> so I don't. I mean, uh, for me, as just my position in the band, I'd love to see a follow-up on the first LP, just with like more razzle dazzle. That's what I'm like. But <laughs> I don't know. Don't know what that means or how we get there. But also, I could totally see. We 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 joked about doing like uh, like a series of Sonic Act 1, Act 2 style songs that fit together. We've kicked around a lot of ideas, and I think it's going to come out of, like, what we can competently write that works. You know, like, uh, I mean, we're trying, I, am I, my, I don't know if this applies to everyone. I assume everything that applies to me applies to everyone because I'm very selfish, but, uh, like, Sometimes playing a different instrument or a different tuning just sends you into a different way of writing on a different track than you're used to. And we did so much of that that some stuff is so far afield. It's like, how do we get from there to here? It's yeah, because like a lot of the. I, I think we have a lot of options in terms of like the half written things that we've amassed. Um, we could go in so many different directions where like we could just do basically what we did with the EP, but twice as big and just have like two songs of like six different sounds for a 12 song album. So that's like kind of like what we were joking about with like, this is act one, this is act two. And this is like the, the emo level. This is like the post rock level. Um, but something that I've personally been thinking is like a lot of the songs that Yusuf had 
tracked out instrumentally is like a good middle ground between like like the post rock or like scramsy songs that Vince tends to write and the like like just fast paced like pop punk emo songs that tends to be more of Alex's wheelhouse uh, instrumentally um, where like I think between like the the fully formed songs that we already have we could just pick out like and flesh out like six or seven more um and just have like a pretty cohesive uh 12 10 to 12 song release that's like ranges more from like indie rock to like 90s early 2000s AFI in terms of like sound range and that that would not feel jarring to go from song to song and we could like sequence it in a way where it made sense as one project. Um, so those are like kind of the two tracks that I see ahead of us and we just kind of have to choose a lane, but we got to discuss with the group what everybody feels and what they think is more appropriate. Yeah, it seems like there's definitely a lot of ideas floating around here. So, I mean, never never a bad thing to have uh, a lot of people thinking a lot of different things and kind of like the, the issue is bringing them together, figuring out how to make it cohesive. But uh, it yeah. seems like you guys have a lot of conceptually good stuff, very interesting ideas uh, for the future. Uh, we're definitely excited to see whatever it is that ends up coming from this, whether it is a second EP or if it's a long uh, album, however this ends up playing out, I think uh, we're excited to see what comes from it. Um, Sydney, did you have any other questions for Booz Radley? So where can we find and follow you guys online and listen to all of your music? Um, you can follow us on... Instagram, Twitter, um, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Linktree uh, slash Booze Radley, right? Yeah, it has the links to all of it. Um, you can... Um, For your convenience. You, yeah, we're, we've been playing a lot of shows recently. Um, played out, like <laughs> Alex had the idea to do a Pennsylvania tour. And so, like, we played, like, Stroudsburg, uh, Pottsville, um, Philly, obviously, and our hometown, uh, well, our home county, uh, we played in Bethlehem. Technically my hometown, but, so. So, um, that was a lot of fun playing, like, we played um, the Ice House in Bethlehem with some friends in uh, Nidarian <laughs> and the front end. And it was like the front end's final show. Um, they like were some kids that we went to high school with. Yeah. Um, they had like put out like their full length LP as like their final um, show that they were going to play uh, as like a farewell show. And it was like a venue that Alex and I had played in high school to like maybe like two people, maybe literally two people. And um, play, playing a sold out show there felt like a nice. Uh, it gave us some closure. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good the way to put it. Yeah. I mean, I also recorded at uh, Headroom in Philadelphia, yeah. the front ends 
LP that they were promoting for that show, which like yeah. great studio in Philadelphia. Uh, don't I don't want to hype them too much before we have a chance to work there, but yeah, they're already there. Uh, yeah, we have shows West Philly on six twenty four, I think. Yep. June 24th Uh, with Perennial at Luigi's Mansion. And uh, June 4th, we're playing an all-day festival called Grass Stains that's put together by the folks who run Stonehouse Studios in South Jersey, well, Central Jersey, South Jersey. I don't know. Does Central Jersey Jersey. exist? Who knows? I'm I'm not from Jersey. I feel like I can't speak on the issue. (laughs) Central Jersey, the place that exists, like uh, Aragatha and Hyperborea, like the mythical <laughs> places. Uh, we, I, the band doesn't know this yet, but I am gearing up the courage to nag them into playing a show in Europe. So we've got some, we've got some options. They, Colorado's never going to happen. People keep asking. <laughs> it's so far away. I'm um, gonna. So I gotta get fun. my passport. Yeah, me too. Actually, I have to renew it. We'll see. Well, seems like there's a lot of exciting stuff <laughs> on the yeah. on the forefront for Booz Radley. Um, oh, and also in like, hopefully next Bandcamp Friday will be oh, just yeah. kind of like all of a sudden dropping a cover ZP. Um, so look out for that. Sick. Nice. Most of it's good. Alrighty. <laughs> Um, well, once again, Alex and Dylan of Booze Radley, thank you guys so much for being on with us tonight. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at LKTPod for more information about the podcast when episodes come out and occasionally giveaways and things of that nature. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.